The combine has passed and pro days are approaching fast. Your favorite podcast, the Blue Bloods, is here to fill that void. We discuss who is the top wide receiver in the upcoming NFL draft and share our thoughts on Chase Young's comments and decision to skip the NFL combine. We also let you guys know if we are riding the Jordan Love hype train that has been gaining speed since the Senior Bowl. And we also talk about the comparisons between Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. We have a full show and plenty of things to talk about, so let's kick it off. So first, we're going to talk about who are really the top wide receivers in this upcoming NFL draft. Uh, as the NFL draft approaches, many experts seem to agree that C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma and Jerry Judy out of Alabama are the two best wide receivers in this class. This wide receiver class has much more talent than these two players, though. Henry Ruggs III, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, T. Higgins – all will be available in this upcoming NFL draft. Lamb and Judy are projected to be top 10 picks by many experts, but some may question if these players are truly leaps and bounds above the rest. So, Brandon, do you consider C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy the best wide receivers in this draft class? And if not, who is getting overlooked in this in this sneaky, sneakily loaded wide receiver class? Um, so... I do think that Jerry Judy is probably the top wide receiver in this draft. And that's just because I think he's probably the best wide receiver to come out of the past few drafts. Um, you know, not, it's nothing too hot from my end. You know, I don't have a ton of great takes on this. I think that he probably is, like I just said. Um, I mean, he is just, I mean, he's one of the best route runners we've seen in years. And just an overall, I mean, he's the kind of guy that'll get up and just go grab the ball when he needs to. Um, I mean, we saw what he's done at Alabama. Obviously, he had a lot of talent surrounding him, but I don't think that really changes once he gets to the NFL. Um, CeeDee Lamb, yeah, I'll go ahead and give him uh, the respect he deserves as well. I think he's a great receiver. But I'm going to go ahead and mention some of the receivers I do think that we're overlooking. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and focus on one in particular. You know, Some people would probably expect me to say Justin Jefferson, but everyone's heard me when what I have to say on Justin Jefferson. I think he is sneaky, and I think that he – should probably be in the same conversation as CeeDee Lamb and uh, Jerry Judy. But I want to talk about Michael Pittman Jr. for a second because this is a guy that earlier this year we were super high on. I mean, am I wrong? You know, we when we were talking about USC and their quarterback problems at the beginning of the year, um, when we saw – I mean, what? They had – I think they had – at one point they had – they were down to like their fourth-string quarterback. Um, and we were talking about, well – you know, they're probably still going to succeed because Michael Pittman Jr. literally goes up and catches everything. I think it was the Utah game that I really saw that um, come out of this USC program and really saw this come out of Michael Pittman Jr. Because I think that week I chose Utah to win that game in our pick six. And so I was sitting there just mad. This game was on like a like a Thursday or Friday night, so I was even more mad about that. Um, 
And Michael Pittman Jr., I mean, whoever – I can't even – I think they were down to even pass Keaton Slovis for this game. Um, but the quarterback, his name was Matt. I remember that because all good quarterbacks yeah, Matt, are named Matt. Matt, Matt, um, Matt Fink. Yeah, Matt Fink. That's, that's a good quarterback name. So they were down to Matt Fink. And all Matt Fink had to do was throw the ball 40 yards downfield. And Michael Pittman Jr. was catching everything thrown even remotely in his direction. So – um, I think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a hidden gem in this draft, as as well as well, I'm not going to steal your thunder. I hope I, if if you don't mention this guy next, I'll go ahead and mention him again. So, what are your thoughts, Zach? Yeah, so I actually agree with you to a point. I think Jerry Judy is by far the best receiver in this draft class, and it's by an extremely wide margin. I think this kid has everything you want in an elite prospect, like you've highlighted. He has the speed the size, the route running ability, and the physicality to be a real problem in this at the next level. I think people really sleep on how explosive Judy is, and people forget what type of system he comes from. And saving a system, the wide receivers are going to have to be able to block on the outside. And so Judy is probably the best outside blocker out of the top wide receivers in this draft class. And I think he has the highest upside. I think he, this guy could be the best wide receiver in the NFL at some point if everything comes together. I think his skill set translates the best to the NFL, especially better than, you know, the, I guess the scouts number two, CD Lamb. I think Lamb is just a home runner bust type wide receiver. He's not an every down type wide receiver. Judy put up over 1,100 yards in his final two seasons and had double-digit receiving touchdowns both those years. And to get to kind of, you know, back to the question and just this isn't all about Judy, I think C.D. Lamb is the most overrated receiver in this draft class. Um, You know, as this episode drops, it'll drop on Thursday morning. We're going to be releasing the third installment of our positional rankings. I don't have C.D. Lamb in my top five wide receivers in this draft. That's just absurd. It's not absurd. I I really don't think he's going to be a go-to receiver at the next level. I think he's a product of the Oklahoma system. Um, You think that he he just had a really good quarterback this past year? I I didn't say he had a great quarterback. I, I think he was in a system that makes wide receivers look like stars. Every year, Oklahoma, every every Oklahoma wide receiver looks amazing in that offense, regardless of who's playing quarterback. And I think he made a living on burning defenses deep, and that's about it. And he burned Big 12 defenses deep. Outside of Baylor, was there a defense that was respectable on the back end? No, not at all. Exactly. So um, I don't understand why this kid's so highly rated. I don't see the intangibles that this kid... I, I I just really think he's extremely overrated. I think people see all the touchdowns and the highlight plays and the sports center top tens, but that doesn't translate to the NFL necessarily. I think this kid is a bust. He's not a top five wide receiver. And to talk about two people who are top five wide receivers, I have Justin Jefferson and T Higgins. I think these two guys are the most underrated prospects in terms of wide receivers in this draft class. I think Jefferson has the potential to be the second best and just as good as Judy. I think he has elite route running, and I think he's underrated in his 
con- contribution to this LSU team this past year. I think you take him away. I don't think Joe Burrow does as well as everyone thinks he would. I think Justin Jefferson was the best wide receiver on that LSU team by far. And I, I mean, as an LSU fan, I'd like to, you know, hear your opinion on it, but I think Justin Jefferson was grossly underrated this past season. Yeah, I think he was underrated, but I mean, I, I don't know if he was necessarily the best wide receiver on LSU's team. I mean, we can let the numbers speak for themselves. He had more targets than uh, Jamar Chase had and Jamar Chase had, I mean, he had hundreds more yards. Um, I mean, I, and that's not to say that Jordan, that's not to say that he was a bad wide receiver by any uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but you know I think that he had a lot of talent in that system, and I think that he, I don't know, I, I don't I don't think that he played at the same capacity as someone like uh, Jamar Chase. I, I got you. I mean, I think Jamar Chase is going to be an outstanding wide receiver at the next level as well. Um, but to get to T Higgins, I think he has probably the best hands in this draft class. Um, I need to see his development in other areas. I think he's a great route runner, but I need to see some more physicality. I need to see his game speed at the next level. I need to see him be that it factor, but I think he has more potential than even CD lamb. And I think another player that a lot of people underrate, I don't know if I can put on my top five. He's right borderline. And that's KJ Hamler out of Penn state. Yeah. Yeah, I I think people forget, Yes, people forget about this kid so much. I mean, this kid has elite talent. I think he was stuck in a system that didn't emphasize wide receivers, and that really hurt his draft stock. But if he finds some, I think he could be an amazing pickup in the third, fourth round, these mid-round gems that we talk about sometimes. I think K.J. Hamler is the epitome of that, and I think people should really be on the lookout for him when it comes to April and then next fall when the season starts? Look, if you need, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He, you know, he probably won't go in the first or second round. He'll probably fall to third or fourth, like you mentioned. But I don't know if I'd be super mad at a team who needed a very reliable slot receiver going after this guy in the, you know, maybe in the late first round or the second round. I don't, I don't think I'd be mad if my team went after him. Because that's exactly what he's going to be, and that's what he's been at Penn State for the past three seasons. He's been uh, he's been just a reliable target time and time again, and this is in a system where the quarterbacks don't necessarily shine a whole lot. So this this, this yeah, kid's I going mean, to be he's he's going, he's going to be a great asset to some NFL franchise. Yeah, there's not many Sean Cliffords in the NFL, to be fair. So I think no. he's going to benefit greatly from this step to the next level but and i think we both agree jerry judy is leaps and bounds the best wide receiver in this draft class and right it's it's really hard to debate that but so we'll move on to the next topic this one's a might be probably a little bit more controversial we're sticking with the nfl draft covers so guys and this we talk about should should chase uh should chase young skipping the NFL combine raise any red flags for teams or coaches and you know as most top draft eligible players headed to Indianapolis last week to show scouts what they could do one notable player was missing chase young the top player on some experts big boards decided not to perform at the NFL combine this made news all across the country and 
Young was asked about his decision recently and told reporters, quote, I do not want to waste time trying to be a combine athlete, end quote. Further adding that later in the interview that he would rather show what he has what he has to offer on the first day of training camp. Young will perform select positional drills at Ohio State's Pro Day, but will not do drills such as the broad jump, 40-yard dash, etc. Brandon, do you support Young's decision and his exp- and his explanation for skipping the combine? And do these developments raise any red flags for you in terms of Chase Young as a prospect? Oh, man, it, it's just, I don't know. To me, it, it's strange. It's, it's almost like... Um, he's hiding something, right? I mean, that, that's the first thing that came to my I mind. I agree. A uh, thousand percent agree. Like, are you hurt? Like, you just don't want to say anything? Or what, what's going on here? Right, that's what I'm wondering. Especially since, I mean, the last time we saw this kid was when he was playing against Clemson and he was just getting, I mean, I mean, he was he was getting owned, right? I mean, he, he, yeah, was, he had... He he had two total tackles in the Fiesta Bowl, and one of them was an assisted tackle. So he had one tackle, uh, you know, in his last game against Ohio State against the only team that was probably stacked with future NFL players in Clemson. I mean, he for he's he's acting like he's going to be able to play Rutgers every single day in the NFL. Like you're not going to get too many teams that are built like Rutgers in the NFL. You're going to get a lot of Clemson teams that are built with former like Clemson players and SEC players. So I don't understand why he's so confident and just feels like oh I have nothing to prove because like if you watch you know they say film doesn't lie. Well, the film says you are not worth the second overall pick. You know, the second overall pick doesn't get me two tackles in the biggest game of the season. Right. No. And and it's funny because he was also quoted as saying that he thinks he's the best player in the draft um, and that he thinks he shows it on his tape. You can go to every game. He thinks he showed it. Uh, You can't really go to every game. He has served that two game suspension. Um, not only that, but I mean, you're talking about the, uh, the Clemson game. If you go to that game, now I don't know where you land, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, there, there's just a red flag here for me. I, I think there's something going on. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not as fast as he'd want, as he'd, uh, you know, like he's not running the 40 yard dash. That's another thing. I mean, he's a defensive end. This isn't necessarily a position where you need to run the 40-yard dash. I still think it's a stupid drill, but um, I don't know. I I feel like a defensive end, that's one of the more important positions. Like, you want a fast defensive end, right? Is I mean, is he slower than we think like, he is? Is well, What's going on? Well, I don't even think it's that. I mean, the, the what the was it? I forget which one it was. One of the Bosa twins ran like a 4-7 or 4-8. Like, they weren't flying. I mean, and... I would imagine he runs probably around a four seven four eight, but you know you want quickness from your defensive end. Maybe not just straight line forty yard dash speed. So like something like the three cone drill would be way more important for a defensive end just to test the bend and the quickness of a defensive end. But I just like like you said, I don't understand what he's looking for, what he's trying to prove here, and I, I think it's raised plenty of red flags for me and I think I highlighted last episode that this is why he should not be drafted above Isaiah Simmons Isaiah Simmons was like hey I'm gonna be a top 10 pick but I'm gonna go out here in the combine and show you guys why I'm better than everybody right exactly it's just there's something going on um 
And I, I don't, I just, I can't put my finger on it, you know? Um, and, you know, it's obviously become norm for certain positions to be like, hey, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to participate in the uh, combine. I mean, if you're a quarterback, there's not a lot of quarterbacks. Not a lot of uh, quarterbacks are going to be drafted pretty high that are participating, right? I mean, that's just kind of, that's become the norm. You know, we don't have, uh, what's his name? Who was the quarterback from Notre Dame uh, like 10 years ago that just put up like 30 reps on the bench press? Uh, dang, I know. Uh, it anyway. Uh, it's like Brady Quinn? Yeah, it was Brady Quinn. Yeah, Brady Quinn just okay. put up as many as he could. Um, you just don't have that anymore, you know, because it's pointless. But for a defensive end to sit out, that's, you know, you don't really see a lot of that unless there's something going on. Well, I, I think it raises other red flags because, yeah, there's always a chance of injury, but you're showing the scouts that, like, you weren't scared, that like, you're here to compete. His teammate, Akuda, literally hurt himself in the drill and had to be held back by Deion Sanders to not go back out there and finish. That shows heart. That that shows that he wants to be there. That shows he's a competitor. So to me, that shows that Chase Young's behind Akuda too in terms of defensive players. So I'm taking Simmons and Akuda ahead of Chase Young at this moment. I think Chase Young, everything I've seen, all and the vibe of the interview, if you go back and listen to it, just the way he presents it just comes off really weird to me. And it comes off really cocky-ish like, uh, he doesn't feel like he has to prove anything. Like he's must be forgetting he's not Lawrence Taylor. Uh, you haven't done a single thing. I mean, not a single thing in the NFL. Like there have been so many busts that were projected to be better than this kid, and he just thinks that oh, I led the Big Ten in sacks, so uh, I'm here, guys. You should take me with the number one pick and just trust that I can perform. I, I think it's a joke, to be completely honest with you, and you know. Performing at the combine supports the film that you've put out the last three years. It shows the scouts that you're worth taking in the top 10 or taking in the top two as he thinks he should be. And yes, there are combine athletes, but Brandon, I mean, if he goes to Indianapolis and just lights the combine on fire, is everyone saying that he's a combine athlete? No, no. I, mean, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And, you know, it, it may come down to something as simple as, hey, Right now, I know that I'm the number two overall draft pick. I mean, because I don't think that him sitting out from the draft is going to change that. You know, I don't think a team's going to be like, "Oh, well, he's got a bad, he's got a bad attitude." Whatever, who really cares? And, you know, as long as this kid's talented, that's that's really. I mean, you can look at, at a certain point. You know, if you're a middle of the, uh, if you're the middle of the road, uh, middle of the pack kind of player going to this draft, and then you do this, you pull this kind of thing just for no reason, and you're acting. I mean come off with some kind of like awkwardness, some kind of cockiness to it. Um, yeah, it's going to hurt your draft stock. But if you're Chase Young, teams have already decided. I mean, let, let's face it. You know, teams already know who they're drafting at this point for the most part. If you have the number one, two, or number three position in this year's draft, you've got it down. I mean, you've got it locked down basically. So I don't think this is going to hurt him. You know, in any other situation, if this wasn't Chase Young, I think that this would hurt him. But it is Chase Young. So um, I don't know. I, I think that he he knows he has this opportunity to sit out. He knows where he's at, and he's taking full advantage of it. And, I mean, while I don't agree with it, you know, I can't really I – don't, I don't know if I, can, if I can shame this kid about that, you know? 
You know what? I'm taking the opposite route. I'm shaming. So listen, I know Chase Young probably listens. He's probably listening right now as we're recording. He needs to surround himself with some better people, some better management, because he's got to have this put in perspective, man. I mean, this whole idea of the tape doesn't lie. I've put out tape. Well, dude, the tape says you're not a perfect prospect. I mean, there's never in the history of the NFL just been a surefire prospect. There were people who thought Jamarcus Russell was a surefire prospect, and look where that got him. I mean, I'm just saying. So he needs to uh, really focus on embracing the draft process, embracing the journey, man. I mean, this this is an interview, but you're gonna look back. I mean, and be like, yeah, like I was at the combine. I ran like Isaiah Isaiah Simmons is gonna look back and like tell his kids, like, yo, I went to the combine, ran like a four three nine. And he's going to make himself a lot of money based off that performance. We've talked about the combine doesn't make everything, but the combine helps some some people. I mean, we've seen multiple players show that they're worth the pick they got. I mean, if Chase Young goes and kills the combine, there's a chance Joe Burrow's not taking number one. You can get be the first pick in the draft if you just went out there and lit the combine on fire. You never know. And... I, I just really don't like this thing. I, I don't like to use this word, but I'm going to use it. The D oh, word. Oh, no. Chase Young is a diva. And divas okay. don't make it very far in the NFL. I mean, we've seen just countless of divas. I mean, look look where it's got Odell Beckham. He's stuck in Cleveland. And just they can't get anything. You got Antonio Brown. Diva. He's just bounced around teams. And, you know, he's calling owners crackers. And he's on Instagram live hoping he gets a job but he's not but he's really in jail I don't really know what he's doing right now he's probably releasing another crappy rap song but it's just not a good look and I mean I had really high hopes for this kid coming into the year we talked about him during the season that he's just a beast sometimes but I don't think that consistency is there and then add that on top of the type of attitude he's put out there and the type of oh, y'all should just take me because my name is Chase Young and I had 16 and a half sacks this season. Like, dude, like no one cares. I promise you not many people care in the NFL. There's Von Miller sitting there laughing at that. And yeah, I mean, I, you you can say what you want about Divas, by the way, and this is just, this is the part that caught me. But let's talk about maybe the most famous NFL Diva of all time, uh, Terrell Owens. Where's he at, Zach? Oh, that's the Hall of Fame. I, I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah. That is a Hall Canton, of Fame. Canton, Ohio. You got him to Canton, Ohio, man. So that's that's pretty sick. But, I mean, are we going to uh, – you know, Chase Young hasn't played a down in the NFL. We're not comparing him to T.O., which is probably the third best receiver of all time in the NFL, are we? I'm not. No, I'm not comparing him to him. I'm just saying that you can't disqualify somebody from being a great player because they're a diva. Oh, uh, Chase Young might be a really good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it raised a red flag that like, oh, this guy might be a locker room problem. This guy might be a distraction. Like, you can still be a hell of a player. Odell Beckham's a really good player. Antonio Brown was the best receiver in the NFL when he was playing. But it doesn't change the fact that it affect like, does Odell Beckham or Antonio Brown or Terrell Owens have a Super Bowl? No. Oh, oh no, T.O. played for the, for the Eagles. We can't even. T.O. Play, played for multiple teams that he couldn't get in the Super Bowl. He was in the Super Bowl and lost. Okay. And the OBJ, God forbid he ever even makes it to the playoffs. I mean, and Antonio Brown okay, might never play that's again. That's really not fair. That's the least fair thing of all time. 
Well, what do you mean? That he, he played for the Giants, and now it, he plays for the Browns. That, is that my fault? No, I didn't say it was your fault. But you can't say that it's his fault. He can't get to the playoffs. I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, okay, can I ask you this? Yeah, we're an NFL podcast now, by the way. Yeah, apparently we're an NFL podcast. But uh, did Odell Beckham win a national championship in college? No. Okay, let's just ask him. Okay. Well, he was. Yeah, everyone knows how big of a diva he was at LSU. <laughs> I mean, and then he because he's going to go hand out cash, like <laughs> on the field. That's all. That's let's cut him some slack on that, dude. I thought we were past that. <laughs> we're we're never past that, man. We are never past that. That that was outrageous, and you know that was outrageous. You're telling me you don't like to have a good time? I, I'd like to have a good time, but I'd rather my whole team not be suspended because I got this drunk dude handing out cash. Like that might have been worse than Kevin Hart almost getting arrested after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Uh because <laughs> at least because at least kevin hart wasn't slapping police officers on the butt for no reason <laughs> like come on man yeah whatever That's, it's fair it's a fair criticism <laughs> it is a, we, we hand out fair criticisms and hot takes on this podcast that is that is okay. what we specialize in but we'll All move right. on to another draft <laughs> prospect that <laughs> you are so lame um we are moving on to another draft prospect that has, you know, people with a lot of different opinions on this kid. So there's always a surprise player in every draft class that seems to come out of a, a lower ranked, lesser known program and sets the draft process on fire and has scouts drooling. Let's all welcome Jordan Love to this awesome club. Love is entering the draft out of Utah State. I know we never cover their games on here. Half of y'all probably never even watched Utah State unless you watched them play LSU this year like Brandon did. But he has the raw measurables that have scouts just enamored with his potential at the next level. And Love stands at a whopping 6'4", 225, 230. Plus, you add these measurables to his amazing 2018 season, yeah, I know last year's 2019. We'll get to that. But in 2018, Love threw for over 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, and only six interceptions. He threw 17 interceptions last year, but people are just dismissing that because he played at Utah State. But Love is viewed as a perfect developmental quarterback by many teams and scouts. And some experts have already touted Love, the next Patrick Mahomes, and is projected to go as high as the top 10 in some mock drafts. Brandon, you were at the Senior Bowl and saw Love, and you've watched film on him. Are you jumping on this hype train for Jordan Love? And if not, what do you expect at him for the next level? And what what would be a good comparison if you don't compare him to Patrick Mahomes? Um, that's tough. Okay, so that was a loaded question. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on the Jordan Love train. It's not even. I'm not even close. I mean, I'm. I'm at a different station, and it's a station that this train doesn't even visit because that's how far off I am. I saw this kid play, and I get. I understand what the scouts are saying. I understand that this is. I mean, if you look at him. He is a prototype, right? I mean, he's 6'4", 230. He has the biggest hands in the world because that matters, apparently. Um, and, he, I mean, he was he was, a, he was a good quarterback at Utah State. But, I mean, 
what's your competition at Utah State? You know, Zach used the argument earlier about Oklahoma facing nobody's defense in the Big 12. I mean, what are these defenses in the in the Mountain West looking like? Because they aren't very strong, I'll tell you that. Um, I don't know. It's just he, he did nothing about him impressed me when I was watching his tape. Really nothing impressed me about him when I was uh, watching the Senior Bowl or watching the practices this season. It's just, I, I don't know. There's uh, th- There's not a whole lot about this kid that just screams to me, hey, this is going to be an incredible NFL quarterback. Um. And I don't really know who I'd compare him to. I mean, it's 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 such a weird uh, dynamic here because it, it's just up in the air right now. You know, I'm not going to say this kid won't do well in the NFL because I haven't seen him play at that level. I understand that he can be developed, you know, if he gets in the hands of a really good coach or if he gets in the hands of like a uh, uh, or a team with, with a lot of good culture around it. I mean, say for instance, you know, and this is just – this is all hypothetical because I don't think he'll even drop this low in the draft because people are that high on him. But say he goes to a team like, like the saints or the Steelers. And then he has a, he has a couple years to sit behind either Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, he can truly be formed into a great quarterback. Uh, I think that would be reasonable. I think that could definitely happen, but you know, if he gets put into a situation like Mitchell Trubisky did a few years ago with the Bears when they traded up to number two for this guy, which is absurd, then he could end up in that situation where he doesn't sit behind anybody, he doesn't learn from anybody, he's thrown into a situation and he doesn't do well. You know, Mitchell Trubisky was also the prototypical quarterback that we all heard about a couple of years ago, right? And uh, that, I mean, we see how that turned out. So I'm not going to compare him to Mitchell Trubisky, by the way. That was just, that was, that was a product of the moment. Um, so I don't really have a good comparison for him. I mean, it, it, you know, he I think I think this guy has the highest ceiling and but he has the lowest floor right now. And so it it's it's really up in the air and I'm probably the wrong person to ask about it. But am I on the Jordan Love train right now? Absolutely not. Nothing about him impressed me when I've seen his tape or when I saw him play. Yeah, you know, I'm going to take Okay, so if there's an opposite side I'm not on that opposite side. I'm like midway. Like I'm like waving at you across the tracks, but like I'm getting on a different train. You know, the hype is somewhat justified, but listen, I bought my ticket and the way my bank account works, I can't get a refund. So therefore I'm going to keep hopping on the Justin Herbert train out of Eugene, Oregon. I'm stuck on that train. So therefore I'm a, I'm a chill over here. You guys can jump on whatever train y'all want, but I'm on the Justin Herbert train. If you're confused, Listen to our last episode. I go into a little bit why I'm so high on Justin Herbert and all the LSU and Alabama fans who have given us all kind of hell for this. No, Tua is not the next whatever you want to say. Tua is not in the Hall of Fame already. Leave us alone. Get out of here. He, he's probably already broke his hip on the way to defend you. Anyway, and I hate the comparison of Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes. But in my opinion... I agree with you when you say he has the highest ceiling, but also the lowest floor. He has the ability to be the next Patrick Mahomes, which is why like, I'm very torn on this kid. If you guys saw our quarterback rankings, Brandon does not have this kid in his top five. I have him fourth. Uh, I think all the physical tools are there. I don't think I don't even think you can argue that point, Brandon. I mean, he has the arm. He has the legs. 
he has everything. He has the size. He, I mean, he has everything he needs to be a successful quarterback, but he needs time to develop. He can't start next season on uh, wherever he goes. He needs a proper system. He needs, he needs a, a system that will make use of all these intangibles that he brings to the game. And, you know, it's funny because the perfect team for him is the team that has his prototype already at quarterback. I think Who's the Car- I think the Carolina Panthers are the perfect place for this kid. Because right. my pro comparison is Cam Newton. Um, I think Cam Newton it might be a little bit bigger than this kid, uh, weight wise. They're about the same height. But I think sitting behind a QB that also has similar athletic ability like Cam would do wonders for Love's development and allow the team to already have a playbook and a mentality set for his skill set. Um, you know, and another like thing is people forget Joe Brady is now the offensive coordinator in Carolina. You add Cam Newton, a, a year behind Cam Newton, all these intangibles that Jordan Loves brings and Joe Brady and you were cooking with Crisco, and you're going to set the whole kitchen on fire. Um, I think Jordan Love could end up being the best QB in this draft if he falls into the right situation. But he also, like Brandon said, has the lowest floor and could end up being the biggest bust and set some team way back. Uh, you know, which team will take that risk, and who will? And you know, who will take the chance to get that reward? There were people who were calling the Chiefs asinine for tr- for coming up and getting Patrick Mahomes when they did. That's that's where I can see the comparisons, but I don't think he's going to be Patrick Mahomes in my opinion. I think he'll be more of a Cam Newton. And yeah, Cam Newton went to a Super Bowl, won an MVP, whatever, but he's going to have to sit behind and learn. He's not going to come in and start day one like Cam did. Um, I think the biggest thing that will determine how Jordan Love ends up in the NFL is his decision-making. He has to not throw 17 interceptions in a season. I mean, that that has potential to be Jameis Winston right there. But he also needs to sit behind Cam and put on some more weight. I don't think 220 is enough for his frame for the NFL. He can make the big plays outside the pocket. He can hit every route and target every part of the field and pick your defense apart if he has the time and he can work on his accuracy and decision-making. But... Is he worth the risk, in my opinion? I would say yes. And so uh, let me explain. There are so many questions about, is Joe Burrow a one-year wonder? Or, uh, yeah, one-hit wonder? Or is Tua just you know in a cast already somewhere? So I think a team is going to see that Jordan Love is a risk, but so is taking a lot of these other quarterbacks in the draft. And so I think he has a higher ceiling than both Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa. But he does have a lower floor. So is it worth taking that risk? It probably is to a team that is desperate to win now. And so that's why I can see the hype train. But I don't think he's the next Patrick Mahomes, if you ask me right now. No, he's, I mean, he's definitely not. That's just absurd, by the way. You know, you can't – I don't know how you compare him to Patrick Mahomes. Because there's only, there's only one Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, that would be I, – I can't even think of another – I really can't even think of another comparison that would be just that absurd. Um, I know, I mean, r- r- really and truly, the only person that like I think you could compare Patrick Mahomes to, and I don't think he had as much mobility, but he had the arm talent, is Dan Marino. Yeah, yeah, and and that's it. Um, and if and if Dan Marino was in an Andy Reid system, 
the world would have already ended because they would have literally burned the entire world down. Yeah, I mean, that would have been insane. That would have just been the best team of all time. Um, but uh, one thing I will mention, I guess, since we're an NFL podcast now, I'm going to go ahead and defend that, by the way. this is this, We're talking a lot about the NFL. I mean, this this has a lot to do with the NFL. This is the transition between college and NFL. So uh, if you don't want to listen to it, Get off our back. You know, no, <laughs> yeah, get, get off our back. Keep listening. I'm not going to say don't listen, but keep listening because we need that. Uh, but um, I don't. Do you really think Cam Newton's going to be in Carolina next year? I mean, there's been a lot of talks about him getting traded, right? Um, I, I believe just recently they said they committed to him for at least next year. Okay, well, we'll see. Um, I, yeah, I think but, they will. I mean, d- dude, could you imagine Joe Brady with Cam Newton? Yeah. And I, I think Cam Newton is going to be another one of those players that just it, he he doesn't like where he's at, and so he's not going to play well if he's just being stagnant. You know, and that that may change with uh, with Matt Rule and Joe Brady going into this uh, franchise. But you know, I mean, if you looked at him before his injury last season, or you know, even two seasons ago, he does. I mean, he's not happy where he's at. I mean, I don't blame him for that. I mean, it. He's had a rough time, but I think under new management, new head coach, young, fresh offensive coordinator, I think he's going to give it another go. It's all, I think they're going to get some weapons for him, and I'm going to be really interested. I mean, how much confidence do they have in you know their backups? I believe Will Greer is a backup right now, and then Kyle Allen we saw this past year. How much confidence do they have moving forward in those? Because I think Jordan Love is worth the risk over Kyle Allen. Oh, personally. Absolutely. Personally, so that's why I think Carolina's the perfect fit. And I think I think Jordan Love has more similarities to Cam Newton than he does Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. I I right. don't see a lot of Patrick Mahomes in this kid. I do see a lot of Cam Newton because Cam Newton set the world on fire one year and everyone was like, I right, bet this kid's the number one pick. But he had a lot of developing to do. He had a lot of growing to do. And I, th- I see the same as Jordan Love because what happens if Cam comes to Auburn one more year? And who knows if he doesn't do what Jordan Love did and fall back and try to make too many plays. So I, I can see a lot of similarities here. And I think Jordan Love needs a year or two to develop. Why not sign Cam for another year or two? And you already got the kid to step into the system because I think he better – fits that system than Kyle Allen does and same for Will Greer right for sure and so you know I've already kind of covered this absurd uh comparison you know from Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes but there's another comparison that we yeah, uh, yeah that we really want to talk about uh, right now. yeah guys so we're talking about that comparison between Tom Brady and Joe Burrow so Joe Burrow is projected to be the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah recently compared Burrow to the six-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, going as far to say they are, quote, eerie, close quote, and it references Kevin Falk, who is the the recent hire for LSU and the running back coach, saying that Brady and Burrow are comparable in skills and mechanics. Burrow was asked about these comparisons recently and went on to say, quote, please do not compare me to the best player of all time. Let me do my own thing. Don't do that to me. And quote, Brandon, 
Do you think this is a fair or good comparison between Burrow and Brady? And if not, who is your pro comparison for Joe Burrow? And what do you make about what do you make of Burrow's comments on this? Oh man, don't do this to me right now. Okay, so uh, one thing I will say before I go off to talking about the actual comparison is that can you really blame Joe Burrow for not wanting to be compared to Tom Brady right now? You know how much pressure that is to put on a kid that hasn't even been drafted yet, hasn't played a down in the NFL? So I agree with that 100%, but I totally think he said it for another reason. But I'll let you start because it's, it's going to be a minute. It's going to be one of those famous Zach rants on this one. I know. He wants he wants to make his own legacy, whatever. We, I can go ahead and that's spoiler alert for Zach because we haven't even spoken yet about this, but I, I just know what it is. Um, but no, I, I really do think that it's uh, – He's very focused. He wants to go ahead and continue uh, on, you know, this legacy that he's built up over the past season, at least, you know, it could be further than that. But I mean, obviously, who's going to uh, disagree with me since saying that last season was really just where he broke out. Um, But what I will say uh, is that I don't know that that's a great comparison. Uh, I kind of agree with Joe Burrow in that sense. Uh, I don't know if we should be comparing him to um, someone like Tom Brady just because I don't even know why, honestly. I mean, it's just I understand the greatness between the two, but that's about where the comparison ends for me. You know, I don't think they have the same style of play. The mechanics maybe, but uh, Joe Burrow is also very mobile. And Tom Brady, listen, not mobile. Not a mobile guy. Um I don't know. Uh, for for a pro comparison, uh, that's tough for me. I'm going to have to think on that one. I'll get back to you on that, though. So, Zach, what are your thoughts? Unprepared. Unprepared, guys. Woo. So, this is absolutely disrespectful, and I'm appalled that people are doing this. Joe Burrow doesn't even belong in the same sentence as the undisputed goat of pro football. Uh, it, it's just so disrespectful. This kid hasn't even played a down, and you're going to compare him to the greatest quarterback of all time? What are, what are we doing here? Joe Burrow's not Tom Brady. He's not even close. Not on Monday, not on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and don't even get me started on the weekends when the games are actually played. Joe Burrow has had an impressive 15 games, maybe. And Tom Brady has had over 15 legendary years. Tom Brady has six Super Bowls. Joe Burrow has one national championship. One. And it took bringing an NFL offensive coordinator to change the entire offense for this to happen. How many national championships does Tom Brady have? Uh, that that'd be zero, but uh, Super Bowls will, might mean more than national championships, in my opinion. Just my opinion. Hey, 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 you forget we're a college football podcast, so that's true. That's true. I'll give you that. But do you want to know? Okay, so this is not my pro comparison for Joe Burrow. Please do not quote me on this. Joe Burrow is though more similar to Jamarcus Russell than he is Tom Brady. Let oh, me explain. That's, that's Let me explain. Let, no, me explain. Do <laughs> Let me explain. Let me explain. You want to know why this is a fact? Mostly because fact. no, hang on, hang on, time out, time out, time out. They both went to LSU, correct? Sure. 
They're both going to be number one picks. Probably. Yeah, so what's the one last thing that they're going to have to have in common? If Joe Burrow's a bust, he is Jamarcus Russell. Okay. Well, and they won a national championship at LSU together. Oh, my God, man. The, 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 he is so much more close to Jamarcus Russell than Tom Brady. And you want to – because he hasn't done anything to be like Tom Brady. Not, not even a single thing. But he has, what, three things in common with Jamarcus Russell? So he's more in common with Jamarcus exactly. Russell than Tom Brady. That the that's, law, that's insane. The, the law of comparison has dictated okay, Joe Burrow well, is closer to Jamarcus Russell than he is Tom Brady. Let me give you a law of comparison. So if if that's the case, then you know who you know who's uh, who's pro um, whatever whoever whoever's pro comparison should be Tom Brady. Then who's that? I guess Shea Patterson should be Tom Brady because they both went to Michigan, right? They're both probably going to be like six round draft picks, and neither one of them won a national championship. So that's they, three dude, things right there. Okay, hang on. How funny would it be if the Patriots pick Shea Patterson and just go on to like dominate the NFL? Like that—that that would be so that 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 you. I would have to pull this clip, and you would be shamed from the podcast. But I actually pull my interview with him because that would be kind of sick. <laughs> Um, I actually don't think Joe Burrow is going to be Jamarcus Russell, guys. That was just to piss off Brandon. But Joe hey, Burrow is is not Tom Brady. His pro comparison for me, I mentioned maybe a little bit of Jared Goff, but I think his perfect comparison is Matt Ryan. They have similar size frame. Um, they have the ability to win some games just based off their accuracy and arm talent. But they don't have an amazing arm, um, and they need help to win games and get to the top of the mountain. Matt Ryan could get to the Super Bowl, but he needed Julio and a ridiculous defense and a perfect coordinator in Kyle Shanahan to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Burrow needed Coach O to go out and get Joe Brady. He needed Justin Jefferson and all these legendary wide receivers that were some of the best in LSU history, and he needed a, the best offensive line in college football to get there. I think Matt Ryan and Joe Burrow are very similar, and Joe Burrow will probably be a starter just like Matt Ryan in the NFL. But is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Probably not. Is he going to be the best quarterback in this draft? Probably not. But he will be just good enough to get the Falcons to the playoffs every now and then. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with you. Um, Well, I, I can but I can't argue with you about comparing him to Matt Ryan. You know, that was one of the players that crossed my mind when I was thinking about um, when I was thinking about who I would uh, choose as a pro comparison. I don't think that's a bad pro comparison at all. I think Matt Ryan's a very good quarterback. Um, I don't know because I can't think of anyone better than that. Really, I think I think Matt Ryan's a good comparison. Um, maybe. Maybe like an Aaron Rodgers in a sense. Stop. Really. Stop. Come on. Come on. Get out of here. Get out of here. Zach, you're okay. So don't go act on, like go that's on with most, somewhere. We're not going to act like that's the most absurd thing that's been said on this episode today. After Aaron, you Rogers brought up- has, Aaron Rodgers has probably the second best arm in, NF, in, in like the NFL right now. Joe Burrow doesn't even have a top four arm in the current draft class. Okay, Zach. Well, we're gonna check in in about in about eight months 
right in the heart of NFL football season. And we're going to see where these quarterbacks sit. We're going to check out our draft prospects. And when Justin Herbert is not doing anything, we'll talk again. Well, I mean, okay, so we're going to judge success over half a season? Like, what about people like Jordan Love who are going to be benched for a year, just like Patrick Mahomes was, since we're going to compare him to Patrick Mahomes? Okay, let's, let's, check in, let's check in in eight years then, Zach. Is that what you want I, me to say? Yeah, there you go. We'll check it in yeah, eight that's years. Ri- that's ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't understand. Like, okay, so I'll, I'll make you feel a little bit better, okay? So I've seen some experts give a range of like this this prospect can be as good as this player or as bad as this player. Do you, I'll I'll make you feel a little bit better, all right? Okay. <clears throat> I think Joe Burrow can be as good or just as good or similar as Joe Montana. Okay. I, mean, I think weird, I think he, weird, I, weird to get mad about Aaron Rodgers, but then just to throw the Joe Montana. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, we're, like we're, we're giving pro comparisons of what they're most likely going to be. That's if everything goes right for Joe Burrow. I mean, God Himself will have to come down and bless Joe Burrow if he's going to be the next Joe Montana. Then we can come down. I think he could be as bad as Matt Ryan without Julio Jones. Oh yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That's real. That's real tough. So I think that's the range we can get. That's a pretty wide range. He's gonna fall probably somewhere in the middle of there. He'll probably fall with Matt Ryan, with Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. But I don't think he's gonna be anything. I don't think he's gonna be legendary. I think he'll be good. He'll be a multi-year starter. But he's not Tom Brady. Let's get off that train. It's probably not going to be Joe Montana. The only reason I say Joe Montana, they have similar size again. They both have mobility, and they have pretty good decision-making. Uh, there you go. Uh, I think it – but is he going to play in a West Coast system with all these Hall of Famers and have a Jerry Rice-type wide receiver? Probably not. He's also not going to have Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh as his head coach. Yeah, Joe Montana had a pretty good arm too, so you might want to watch what you're saying. Stop. Uh, Joe Montana did not even have a top five arm in NFL history. Get out of here with that. Joe no, Montana did. You can be good without having a top five arm in NFL history. Okay, you can okay, have a I, good I, arm. No, not even in history, just in his time. Like, I mean, I, I don't think Joe Montana had a spectacular arm. I mean, he, he was good, but I don't think he's on the same level as someone like Dan Marino or like just pure arm strength. Like, we could even put Brett Favre in there. I mean, Brett Favre could probably throw it across the country. Well, that's not. I mean, well, Uncle Rico could too, but yeah, we're not. There you go, Uncle Rico. Uh, But no, I mean, I I think that's the absolute best situation for Joe Burrow, but he'll fall somewhere between Matt Ryan with some help, maybe. But I I don't like the Tom Brady comparisons. And I get why he didn't want to be compared because he's like, whoa. I was like, he was like, you know that I'm just Joe Burrow, right? I'm not the GOAT. Right. Uh, no, I mean, uh, and, and you can't you can't accept that kind of you really I mean, you, you don't want that, you know, and I think it's the reason I can't explain it very well right now is because I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You don't want to be compared to the best. Play, I mean, the greatest player in football history, do you? I mean, if, if you were there, would you want that comparison? That's so much pressure. and That's so much to live up to. And it's you can't you can't do anything except for disappoint people after that. Uh, a thousand percent. I mean, I don't know how you go up from Tom Brady I, because you, you don't. I just absolutely cannot. But no, like, uh, I think 
Matt Ryan's the perfect comparison. I, I like you said. I don't think Matt Ryan's the end of the world. I think there. I think you know. There's a few teams who were like, "Hey, I kind of wish I had Matt Ryan." Uh, you know, I'm sure the Bengals probably wish they had Matt Ryan in his prom right now. Uh, but yeah, I I understand where Joe Burrow's coming from. I don't. I don't. I don't understand where these analysts are getting the Brady comparisons, like you talked about. I don't see much similarity between them. I I really. Yeah. Maybe from a leadership standpoint, I could see it. If you said, oh, he's a leader like Tom Brady, I got you. We, we can be clear on that. That's fine. But I I don't like the just mechanics and his skills and everything. Because like you said, he's more mobile than Tom Brady. If we're comparing him to a legend, the Joe Montana one is way closer to his skill set than Tom Brady. Yeah, that's true. Personally... I mean, but, we don't really see a lot of Joe Burrow. I mean, I don't know. He moves around a lot. And, and that, that's, you know, before this past season, in 2018, he relied on his legs a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. And so it's just, I don't know. Tom Brady was, I get what they're trying to do there. You know, they're trying to build up the hype around Joe Burrow, which I think there should be hype. I don't think there should be Tom Brady-type hype around Joe Burrow. So I got to ask you a question. This is all script. Just kind of came to my mind. If you had to give it a percentage to say that it's this percentage likely, how much influence do you think Joe Brady has in Carolina to say, "Hey, we should trade up and get Joe Burrow"? Um, like, do you mean like percentage likely, as in like they are going to do this? That's a fact, or like it's a potential that they could. Uh, you can do either. I I don't have a preference. <laughs> I think I think I think there's about a ninety percent possibility that Joe Burrow ha- or not Joe Burrow that Joe Brady has that type of pull in Carolina. Um, I'd say there's probably like a like a five percent chance that it actually happens. I just don't see it happening. So so if the Panthers came offer their top their first round pick this year, they offered you Cam Newton. A smaller asset, or then like some later round picks. Would you consider it if you were the Bengals? Because I feel like I would have to. I wouldn't just consider it; I'd accept it on the spot. That's, That's what I'm saying. Like they have like stuff to offer. So, I mean, because I, I think Joe Burrow would just be begging for that. Because I think Joe Burrow knows what Joe Brady's done for him. Right, and it's it's one of those things where. I think the Bengals are kind of stuck with Joe Burrow now, and that's not the worst thing to be stuck with in the world. I think it's a very good thing to be stuck with. But at this point, you don't draft Joe Burrow. Your fans are just going to be more angry at you than ever. Your ticket sales are going to are just going to go to nothing. But if you trade that first pick overall for another quarterback, a, a pretty good quarterback, plus all these assets, your fans can't really be that mad, right? Um, and so you probably I don't, I don't save face there. Like the Bengals fans are not exactly the most logical, understanding fans in the world. It's true. Cincinnati's a weird place. Uh, it uh, uh, that that might be the understatement of this entire episode. <laughs> and you know, and we've said some pretty outlandish things on this uh, episode today. But guys, I, that is a wrap for right now. Uh, we will be back next week with more storylines, more college football content, more half NFL content if you want to consider it that. The draft, I think, is universal across the sports world. Uh, I mean, how else are you going to 
get all your college football content. You know, it, you never know. But if you want to follow us on social media, at the underscore Blue Bloods on Instagram, at the Blue Buds Pod on Facebook, at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods on Twitter. Um, I was we'll make a formal announcement later. We'll drop links on social media. We got a new website. Check it out. We are like legit now, guys. We we even out of pocket for a dot com website. Check us out at the All our content from our blog is on there. We got a whole new design, whole new layout. Content will be going up. Links to ev- almost everywhere you can find the podcast are up there. Um, there's even like a little streamer. Click play. Check out the most recent episode. Um, go subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're available literally everywhere. Um, you know, more content coming. We're releasing our uh, positional rankings for every position for this upcoming NFL draft. One daily. Wide receivers will be coming out today. O-line coming out Friday, and we'll kick it back off Monday with some defensive players. Um, But, you know, outside of that for right now, be out here.